Hello and welcome to another Mana. Whether you're watching on the Facebook or the app or um, anywhere else you might be kids in this, just welcome. We are in chapter 43 of Genesis. And so take a few minutes to, to read through that real quick. Um, get yourself familiar with that. We're going to hit the highlights and kind of get the overall encouragement for the week and some instruction um, from the Lord. As we left uh, chapter 42, uh, that ends with Jacob kind of in a really tough spot. He's, he's in, in despair. He's kind of in a dark place. And he's, he's declaring here in chapter 43, verse 36, that all these things are against me. And it's all of the things that have led up to this with Simeon being left in Egypt. And Jacob even declares that, that Simeon is no more. So he, he's kind of lost some hope here that, that Simeon is, is retrievable. And he's, we already know that he's lost Joseph. And, and so he's forgotten the, the promises of God. He's allowed the circumstances of life to, to crowd out the, the provision and the promise of God. So we, we know Jacob's story. He's had a long history of, of wrestling with God, but, but also the, the promise that God would make of him a nation and, a, and, and of many nations. And, and so through these circumstances, however, Jacob has, has come to let these circumstances and his emotions crowd out God's promise and provision, and and what we'll see in the coming chapters is the way God is using that. But here, as we head into chapter 43, Jacob's in a dark place, and um, you know we we see that Simeon he's still captive in Egypt. Um, famine is in its second year. He had sent his sons to Egypt to get a little bit of grain to, to tide them over, um, but they're now finding out that that isn't enough. There, there's a little bit of fruit and, and um, nuts in the land, but, but they don't have any grain for bread. And so now they're contemplating needing to go back into Egypt to, to get more grain so that they can survive. And it's now that Jacob's, he's confronted with the reality that, um, that like there's no relief in the land, that they, He's going to have to send his sons back into Egypt, but they're reminding him of Joseph's stern warning um, and, and direction that um, unless they bring Benjamin back with them, that they won't get any more provision. To add to that the fact that they had the money in their sacks when they returned. So there's this little bit of uncertainty about what that was all about and what they might face if they don't go back into Egypt with Benjamin. And so um, we, we also see that in this, you know, Jacob feels a little bit wronged by his, his sons. He says here um, in verse 6 of 43, why did you deal so wrongful with me as to tell the man whether or not you still had another brother? So what Jacob's doing is he's holding on to Benjamin because he's lost Joseph. And, and he somehow is blaming his, his sons, um, not, not d directly wrongly, right? I mean, it is their fault that he doesn't have Joseph. However, he doesn't know that. But he's blaming them now for putting Benjamin in danger of being taken from him as well. So he's um, all sorts of in a dark place. The, the, the brothers protested this. They say, well, there's, there's no way that we knew that this man 
was going to demand that we bring our younger brother back. So what's interesting is through these circumstances is where previously they had contempt for their little brother. Now God has brought them to a place where out of fear, they're, they're in a place of great reverence and respect for him because they're understanding that if we don't do what this man says, that we're gonna be in danger um, because we already have Simeon who's in, they're, they're presuming that he's in prison um, awaiting their return. He's being held as, as, a, as a surety of, of some sort. So it's now that, that we see Judah step up and convince his father by saying that he himself was going to be surety for, for Benjamin, basically saying, you know, I'll guarantee you that I'll bring Benjamin back or I'll, you'll take my life as well. And so that's interesting because up until now, Judah's not necessarily shown himself uh, to have much character or leadership. He was the one who had offered to sell Joseph in the first place and remember, he was the one who, who had uh, sex with Tamar, who was his daughter-in-law, thinking that she was a prostitute, a harlot, and like that would make it any better. And so, but it's now that he's kind of stepping up and, and saying, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this upon myself. It's going to be on me, Dad, if I don't bring Benjamin back when we go into Egypt to bring more food. And so it's interesting um, in that, we see now that Joseph's opportunity here um, to, to show his character, and he does. He's, he's still relying on God. He's showing a lot of restraint and humility in dealing with his sinful brothers. You know, he, he neither punishes them, as you would think would be um, kind of the instinct of, you know, you threw me in the pit, you were going to kill me, and you sold me off into Egypt, and now, you know, I'm going to get my revenge. But if we look back real quick in into chapter 42, we see that um, Joseph had um, recognized the sovereignty of God into bringing him into the place of, of being essentially the governor of, of Egypt and, and into favor and giving him two sons and all the rest. And so Joseph is, is relying on God. He hasn't forgotten God's uh, promise in uh, the dream where the, the sheaves were, were bowing to him and, and all of the rest. And so, you know, we might think, okay, I'm in a position, I can get my revenge, but Joseph doesn't take that. He, he exercises this restraint and, and, and humility, even in bringing them into uh, the dinner with him. He prepares, you know, the animal for them and brings them into dinner and um, also in preparing for them um, the provisions that they're going to take back with them, um, you know, he's he's giving them a lot of provisions to be able to take back with them, and um, so he's what he's really doing is allowing the Lord's sovereignty to be um, at work here, and so he's allowing the, the 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 famine, all of his hardship that his family is going through trusting in the Lord to use that, as we ultimately will hear him say, for good, right? But it's all this hardship, the, the hardship of the famine, the hardship on his father and sending his sons and leaving Simeon there and now Benjamin. So he, he agrees to um, allow the brothers to take Benjamin with them. And um, all of that hardship is now working in his brothers, this respect, and then later we'll see even humility um, and, and, and reconciliation in the family. And um, furthermore, Joseph is, is displaying God's 
love and kindness and goodness towards his brothers, um, although they didn't deserve it, right? Um, and this served to soften them up too and make them more receptive to um, this reconciliation. And so as, as we hear that, that Joseph is a type of Jesus, we can see this through this story here where, where the kindness of God, despite us not quite deserving it um, and, this, and ill deserving it, so there's, there's the two-sided of the coin is, is that we, is it's not that we just don't deserve it, but that we deserve the opposite and he gives it to us. So we ill deserve his favor. And so the interesting, the other interesting thing I'll touch on here is in the feast. So he's, he's gathering them together um, at the feast and at the table, he arranges it such that Benjamin is now in the favored position at the table of the feast. And I think he's, and he's doing this um, to, to see the a test for his brother's um, state of mind and the posture of their heart. Like, are they really over their, their pride and bitterness and contempt for someone younger than themselves? How are they going to react seeing Benjamin at the head of the table, if you would, in the favored spot? And, and as, we, as you read, they, they react favorably. They don't um, get get upset or try to conspire against Benjamin. They allow that to happen. Um, they, they enjoy the feast. And um, so in all of this, we do see, like I said, Joseph's understanding of, of both the, the kindness of God, but the severity of God and the working of all of that together for good. And so I hope that's an encouragement for us today, right? That the hardships that we're going through that God is going to use those to, to shape us and to shape people around us and ultimately for, for good for those who, who love him and who are called according to his purpose. And so until next week, stay encouraged and stay in the word. Oh, 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 oh,